What a privilege to be here at Midway. And I appreciate so much your presence. And looking forward to uh, meeting uh, the congregation where Brother Mark Howe preaches. He speaks highly of you and of uh, the work you're doing. And we're grateful to be with you tonight with my uh, wife and my daughter. My son is with my father tonight. And uh, he's been doing a little farming in the last few days. And uh, Dad said he needed someone to pick up rocks. And I said, I just know who the... I just have the perfect person, Dad. And teenage boys, every teenage boy needs to pick up rocks. It's, uh, I think it's part of the uh, growing up process. So, uh, so he's doing that and he's uh, worshiping with Dad tonight. If you can see that on the screen, uh, that right there is a website. I want you to write that down. If you'll go to that website, you can subscribe to the publication sitting in your hands. It's called Reaching the Lost. And, and, and this publication is designed to, to relay personal evangelism, conversions, success stories all over the kingdom in America. It's free. And so you want this because we're going to mail it to your, your, uh, your post office box, your mailbox, and it's going to eventually be a 32-page publication. In fact, the next issue will have a cover. It's, it's, I'm excited about this because I love to share good news. And uh, evangelism is sorely lacking in churches today. This publication is entirely dedicated to it. So from, from cover to cover, from inside to outside, all you're going to read about is evangelism, how to be effective soul winners, and, and what churches are doing, and uh, what's working. And we, we want to get that message out as, as, as fast as we can. I'm excited to come to you from the House to House School of Evangelism. Some of you probably don't even know there is a school of evangelism. That's because we're new. If you'd asked me five years ago, two years ago, if I'd be directing a school of evangelism and step out of the pulpit, I, I might laugh, because I love full-time preaching. But the need is so great, and I'm going to, I believe you'll see that momentarily, that I did step out of 22 years of full-time preaching to start the School of Evangelism. And we're going, we're gone two or three times a month. We're literally going from California to New Hampshire. We're covering uh, just about every state, going to churches, training churches how to do personal evangelism. So we want you to get that publication. Again, it's free. If you go to the website, you'll be able to sign up and be a part of it. So the House to House School of Evangelism is unique. We don't require you to come to us, we come to you. So we're going to bring the school right to the church and we'll train the church. We're going to train you how to do personal Bible studies. We're going to train churches how to grow again because we believe it's possible and we believe that there are things that work. We want to share those things with you. The title of my lesson is Why Are You Sleeping? Now Brother Mark said, Rob, I want you to talk about evangelism. And he said, I thought this topic would fit because it is true that we're sleeping. I want you to imagine the scene. This is Luke 22. And so Jesus has been with his disciples for three, over three years. And we know that the, the, the week of his passion, the, the cross is coming. We understand that, uh, that they're, they're, they've gone through some very uh, difficult times together. If there was ever a time when Jesus needed his disciples, especially his inner circle, it was right here. And the Bible says, And he said unto them, Why do you sleep? I mean, if there was ever a time for them to be awake, it was right then. The time when the Lord really needed them. The time where He was counting on them. The time where He really needed the strength and, and the encouragement and the motivation. Jesus comes and they're asleep. He said, rise and pray lest you enter into temptation. Well, friends, uh, we're, 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 definitely, we're definitely not in the same context of, of Jesus in the garden and we're not, definitely not uh, um, experiencing the very same Passion Week. But I can say succinctly, I can say precisely that this phrase 
is describing churches of Christ today in America. I want tonight to motivate us. I want us to wake up. I want to do something tonight to stir your inner passions, to, 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 to relate to you the, the need to, to arise and wake because I do believe there is a great slumber. It's a slumber that's been going on for two generations in the churches of Christ in America when it comes to personal evangelism and the numbers bear it out. In the year 2000, we had 13,155 churches of Christ. In the year 2009, we had 12,629 churches of Christ. In the year 2015, we had 12,300 churches of Christ. In the year 2018, we had 11,965 churches of Christ. Lest there be someone who would say, Preacher, that's not alarming because, you know, churches are just consolidating. You know, rural and urban churches are coming together. I want you to look at it from the other side. In the year 2000, there were 1,265,142 church members. In the year 2009, we had 1,224,000 church members. In the year 2015, that number dropped again, 1,180,000 members of the Churches of Christ. In the year 2018, 1,128,000 church members. Friends, we're declining. The Churches of Christ in America are at a critical point. If a doctor walked in and saw a patient that looked like Churches of Christ right now, he'd say, stat, my patient's hemorrhaging, I'm about to lose them. No, no business would, would go through two decades or two generations, four decades of losses like we've gone through and survived. There has been a slumber that has been going on for far too long. I want you to look at the numbers historically for where we've come from, where we've been, and where we're going. In 1906, when we have the first records, we had a population in this country of about 85 million people. To the best of our knowledge, we had about 160,000 church members in America that's a ratio of one Christian to every 535 people. That's not good. But I want you to notice what the church did. The church got busy. The church was evangelistic. The church got out there, and I mean, they beat the bushes. They went door to door. They did meetings, and, and, and they were teaching their neighbors, their friends, and their families. Look at 1946, 40 years later. 141 million people in this country, 682,000 church members. That's a ratio of 1 to 207. They cut the number in half in 40 years. In 1953, 160 million people in this country, 1.5 million members of the Lord's church. That's a ratio of 1 to 106. Friends, in seven years, the church of Christ doubled in size. In 1967, 198 million people in this country, 2.3 million church members. Now you have a ratio of 1 to 84. Can you imagine going across... Uh, across this land, for every 84 people you come across, there's a member of the Church of Christ. So large, so explosive was the growth for the Church of Christ. In 1953, the American College Dictionary was forced to put the Church of Christ as the definition of the word Christian. We were the 12th definition. Friends, the dictionary doesn't even know we exist today. In 1973... I want you to notice there were 2.5 million members of the Lord's church in this country. One Christian for every 84 people. Friends, we grew during the Great Depression. We grew during World War I. We grew during World War II. We grew during Korea, Vietnam, the feminist movement and civil rights marches. We grew through the worst of times in this country. The Church of Christ grew. Today... There are 1,128,000 church members. 
for the first time in the lifetime of any living Christian, we almost number under one million Christians in this country. We're at a ratio now of one Christian to every 289. Friends, we are losing. I'm a positive person. I love to encourage people. I'm a motivator. But friends, I cannot be blind to these numbers. I can't ignore them. I can't act like everything's okay. When the Lord's church looks like she looks today, if something is not done soon, we will have missionaries being sent from other countries to repopulate the church in America. That should not be done. There's no reason for that to happen. There's a reason why. There's a reason why we're losing. I see it in church members everywhere we go. From Virginia to California to Alabama, I see it in the pews. Christians don't believe personal evangelism works in America anymore. We have given up on our country. Our country, dear friends, is in a decline. Our brother who led that prayer is right. I mean, we need righteousness again in this nation, but I want you to listen to me very carefully. The turn that will happen in this nation will not happen in Washington, D.C. It won't happen at the ballot box. And as much as I want to see the Supreme Court turn around some decisions and make some positive headway, the cure for what ails this country is not in the Supreme Court. The cure for our country sits in churches of Christ. The cure for our nation is in the church. In fact, isn't it interesting that as the church of Christ grew, so did our nation. As the church of Christ prospered, so did our nation. Friend, as the church of Christ has declined, so has our nation. Righteousness exalts a people, but sin is a reproach to anybody. And we're seeing that today. If we want to turn this country around, I would suggest if we just spend half the time and money and energy in personal evangelism as we spend at the ballot box in politics, it'd be amazing what would happen to this country. I'm here tonight to ask us to wake up. Brother, we've been sleeping for far too long. And I know that uh, personal evangelism works. So I, what I've come here tonight is, this is actually one of the lessons that I do when I go to churches. And what I want to do is show churches that this works, because so many, so many of us believe it doesn't. You see, we're, we're two decades away from that. It's been two decades, two, two, uh, four decades, two generations since we've seen it work. I want to show to you that it works today. Do you know, literally, we have in our homes... Children growing up who've never seen their mother and father do a personal Bible study. I want to ask you a personal question. Have you ever seen your, your parents do a Bible study? Just one, with one person, teach them the gospel. I want to ask parents who are young parents who are raising their children. I want to ask you parents, have you ever, did you ever see your parents do a Bible study? I mean, sit around the table and, grab, and, and, and have somebody and say, let's open the Bible and let's learn more about the Word of God. And we wonder why we're losing. We wonder why we're not growing. Because there was a time and, and place, and th there are some of you who are older, you remember the time and place when, when you did Bible studies all the time. We were walking Bibles. Even the dictionary had to put us in there. So either, either America's gone, and I refuse to believe that, but we've got to get back to what works. We've got to return to our roots. We've got to go to what we know work. What, you know, we've tried, every, we've tried every program under the sun. We have been programmed to death in the church. I'm not opposed to good programs. But friends, there's one thing, there's just one thing we need to do to grow again. It's called personal evangelism. We have got to teach 
our neighbors. We've got, to teach. We've got to be as excited about going to our next door neighbor as we are to India. We've, we've got to be excited about going to our next door neighbor as we are on the next uh, Yes 2 campaign. I mean, we have no problem raising the funds for Yes 2. And I'm all for Yes 2. I'm all for going to Jamaica. I'm just getting ready to take a team of 52 people. Can I share something with you? Do you know I find it easier for me to raise $100,000 and take 50 people to Jamaica than get 20 bucks and go next door to teach our neighbors? I mean, churches get excited about going to foreign mission works. I mean, we're ready to write the checks. But let's say, well, let's, let's work with America. Let's work with other people. And we're as quiet as a church mouse. Because we don't believe it works. It works with the Indians. It works with the Jamaicans. It works with the Africans. But it doesn't work here. Friends, I could not disagree with you more. I believe America's never been more ripe for personal Bible studies. I believe there's never been a time in the history of our country where people are more receptive and more ripe. And we're not getting to them. We're not even trying anymore. We've already, we've already drawn the conclusion. It doesn't work, preacher. Listen, it, it, it's, it's not going to work. And so we're not even trying. Why are we losing? I want to share with you some personal things that have happened in our life. I want to tell you tonight what, why I stepped out of full-time preaching and I... We baptized a third of that church at a congregation over 300 people that we loved. And they love us. I miss them dearly. My closest friends on earth. I was in their homes during the holidays. They were in mine. They were my family. I took my children, my wife, and I did something that most people would never think that, that they'd ever do. And I left it. Because I fear for this country and I fear for the church. Unless something's done right now. Unless we get busy right now, we're going to lose the church in this country. I want to tell you what happened. Several years ago, I got a phone call. His name's Chris Coyle. He used to preach at Summertown and uh, Somerville Church of Christ near uh, Free Hardman. I had never met Chris Coyle. He called me and said, my name's Chris Coyle. I said, he said, are you the preacher here at Willette? I said, yes, sir. My name's Rob Whitaker. He says, great. He said, I tell you what, I've got this, I've got this family. Their names are Jackie and Sheila Birdwell, and, they, uh, and uh, I want you to go teach them the gospel. I said, man, this is great news. I mean, any preacher gets a phone call and it says, hey, we, we, wanna, we want you to go and preach the gospel. Go, go have a Bible study. I mean, you call that a great day. So I wrote their names down. I said, this is great. He said, yeah, we've got, this, uh, we've got a, a member here. Uh, her name's Scarlett, uh, Scarlett uh, Mitchell. That's her mom and dad. And she's been asking me for months, you know, can you find somebody to do a Bible study with my parents? So I kind of tracked you down. I said, this is great. I said, oh, I said what's the address? He said, well, I don't have one. I said, okay. I said, uh, when do they expect me? Oh, he said, oh, they don't. I said, okay. Um, when did they request the Bible study? He said, oh, they didn't. I said, Chris, so you want me to go find out where Jackie and Sheila Birdwell lives you want to go set up a Bible, have a Bible study with somebody who, who, who hasn't even requested a Bible study? He says, that's exactly what I need you to do. Kenny, I, I'm so glad I contacted you. I've got this finally off my chest. I'll tell, I'll tell Scarlett I've contacted somebody. He says, good luck, preacher. I put the phone down. I, I looked at that name. It was sitting on my, my desk. And I said, uh, man, I'm a preacher of the gospel. I mean, surely I can, you know, I can... I can, surely I can have a Bible study. I mean, I can preach for a crowd of 300 people every Sunday morning. I can go to polishing the pulpit. And I can be in a crowd of four, 500 people. It doesn't bother me. I mean, surely two people, I can do a Bible study. So I sat there and looked at it. 
And by the end of the day, I was so frustrated with that name. I took it, I, I, I threw it in the trash can. I got out of my truck. I started it up. And I sat there. I was ashamed of myself. I've gone through, I've, I've gone through schools of preaching. I've been preaching for 20 years. I, I mean, almost 20 years. I can't do a Bible study with two people. So I got out of my truck, walked back into my office, uncringled the paper, put it on my desk, and laid it there and went home. Came back the next morning. Guess what? It's still there. Staring at me. And I said, what in the world am I going to do about Jackie and Sheila Birdwell? I don't even know where they live. And I said, you know what? I, I don't even know if I'm prepared for this. I'm not prepared for this. I don't even know what I'm going to say to them. I said, oh, I'm going to pray. And I started praying. And I said, I'm going to study. And I, I started looking at Jesus, who is the master evangelist. I mean, he, he's the greatest evangelist who ever lived. And I said, I want to learn about Jesus. I want to know how he held Bible studies, how, how he got to people. So, so I started noticing some some. some Characteristics, some, some things that Jesus always did. And what Jesus always did, guess what? I never did. And then there were things that I always did, and Jesus never did those things. No wonder I wasn't very successful. I said, well, this, I've, got to, I've got to learn you know, how to be an evangelist from Jesus. So I'm studying this, I'm thinking about it. So I've got this strategy in my mind, that what I'm going to do when I get there, when I finally meet this couple, and Jonathan Smith comes home. Jonathan walks into my office, he said, man, Rob, he says, Back from University of Tennessee, graduated, ready to get my teaching job. And uh, so he, he's just visiting with me. I said, I said, Jonathan, and it's just great to see you. And he says, you know, Rob, I've got to run, but I'll be back. I'm going to go visit my best friend, Evan Birdwell. And when he said Evan Birdwell, I said, hey, hey. I said, do you know Jackie and Sheila Birdwell? I said, oh, yeah, that's like my second parents. That's my best friend's parents. I said, man, this is great. Jonathan, will you take me with you to see Jackie and Sheila Birdwell and Evan? I said, yes, I he said, Rob, why would you want to see them? I said, because I want to teach them the gospel. And he said, well, okay, so get in. So I got in the car. We drove down the, we drove down the road. And, and uh, when we got up to the house, uh, Jonathan knocked on the door. Jackie and Sheila opened the door. Jonathan! I mean, it was like the prodigal son had come home. Or, you know, it was just a restoration of sorts. And, I mean, you know, kill the fatted calf. I mean, this is a great occasion. And, uh, and Sheila looked up and said, well, who's that? He said, oh, this is a friend of mine. Well, come on in. Any friend of Jonathan's a friend of mine. So now I'm the preacher. I'm inside there. I'm sitting in their house. And... Um, and uh, it gets kind of quiet after about 15 to 20 minutes, awkward. You know, who in the world is this guy in my house? She said, now who did you say you were? So I knew some things about Jackie and Sheila. I knew their daughter, Scarlett, was a missionary Baptist before she met her husband. And he taught her the gospel. And I knew that Jackie and Sheila were missionary Baptists. I knew they were strong Baptists. In fact, Jackie's the treasurer and he's a deacon there. I know that Sheila, um, she, start, she started their Bible class department. These are strong Baptists. In fact, they're respected people in the community. Just about everybody knows. We live in a very rural area. We're 45 minutes from anywhere. And so, I, I, so everybody knows the bird so, so I'm sitting in their house and I said, I said, Sheila and Jackie, I said, my name's Rob Whitaker. I am the preacher for the Willett Church of Christ. <gasps> Jackie! She said, we got the preacher for the Church of Christ in our house. And, uh, and, and, and I said, I, I'd prepared for this. I was ready. I said, I bet you have a lot of questions for me. She says, I sure do. And I mean, they just rolled off her tongue. I mean, one right after the other. But I'd learned something from Jesus. I'd learned something. Jesus did not answer questions. Do you want to have a Bible study? The worst thing you can do is answer their question. As soon as you answer their question, the Bible study is gone. And I knew that. So I was going to do everything in my power not to answer her questions. And I did. 
So she'd pop one up, and I said, you know what, you're, you're a very religious person. I said, you know, where, where did you find that question from? I mean, how, how do you know about that? And, 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 and I said, well, what kind of songs do you sing at your church? And I, just, I mean, I did everything I could not to, I was, I was evading every question she asked. That lasted for about ten minutes. And she finally stopped, and she said, uh, she said uh, Jackie, she said, why don't that man answer my questions? And I said, Sheila, I said, you know, that's very perceptive of you. I said, but I'm not a very good teller. But I'm a shower. And I will show you the answers if you'll let me. She said, you mean like a Bible study? And I said, I didn't call it that. You call it whatever you want to call it. And I said, I just, I just, I'm not going to tell you the answers, but I'll show it to you. She said, Jackie, is it okay if we do that? He looked over at Sheila and said, now, Sheila, I don't think it's ever wrong to study the Bible. <laughs> And she said, okay. She says, I agree. I'll do it. She says, uh, I said, okay. How about like Monday night? Six? She said, one condition. It's got to be a secret study. No one can know. And I, she, and I said, well, I have a counterproposal. I believe in the power of prayer, and I want my elders praying about this Bible study. She said, who are those men? And I said, well, Hugh Wayne Clark and uh, Joe, Joe She said, well, I grew up. My children grew up with their children. She said, well, you can tell those men. They won't say anything. I said, okay. And so this, this, the date and the time was set. So Jonathan and I come back and I have my Bible. My, I got my Bible study method. I use back to the Bible. It's a three-method study. A high success rate. I said, I said, okay, we're going to sit down. So we sit around the table. I said, now, uh, Sheila, I've got this little booklet here. It's going to walk us right through the fundamentals of, of, of authority. And she said, now wait a minute, preacher. She says, uh, I need to tell you about my religious experience. And so she told me all about it. And I, if I remember, served, it involved a lightning strike. A still small voice in the night, a near-death experience, um, and uh, a fire, and a car wreck, and, and there were several, uh, several details, and I'm listening. In fact, I got my pen out, I'm taking notes, and she stops me, she says, she says, Preacher, you don't believe me, do you? And I said, now, Sheila, that's not up to me. I said, if that's what you say happened, I'm just writing, I'm writing it down because I, I want to know. She says, well, I knew I was saved right there. I said, well, I said, Sheila, if that's what you believe, then, then I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to question it. I said, Sheila, can, can we do that Bible study now together? And she said, well, well, sure. So we opened up page number one, went to John chapter 8, verse 32. And uh, so we opened our Bibles and I said, well, let's read John 8, 32. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Now, see, Sheila and Jackie, here's your blank. And the blank will set you free. What goes in the blank? Well, she said, truth. I said, well, put it down. And we put it down. Now, we went through the entire book one just like that. And, and I mean, they were, they were doing great. They could find their books of the Bible. They had no, no argument because as long as it's in the Bible, they said they'd believe it. And they did. We finished book one. Uh, Jackie said, uh, he said, man, I've learned a lot. He said, Sheila, I don't know about you. He said, but I've learned a lot. He said, um, he said Rob, I notice as you're reading those Bible verses, do you ever skip a Bible verse? I said, well, no, I, I don't skip any. And he said, you know, I teach the adult class. He said, sometimes I skip a verse. I said, well, why do you do that? He says, well, either number one, I don't understand it, or number two, we just don't do it. <laughs> and I said, well, he, said, he says, uh, have you ever had that problem? I said, not, not really. I said, not really. He said, okay. He said, uh, I just, he said, I just, just, just curious. I said, can I come back for the second study? He said, we'd love to have you back for the second study. So we went back for the second study, and, and uh, this study is a little bit more challenging. We're going to talk about the Church of Christ. We're going to talk about... You know, how the church was formed. We're going to talk about the worship of the church and the five acts of worship. We're, we're going to talk about the organization of the church. You know, elders and deacons and church members. We're going to talk about the name of the church uh, and what, what her individual members are called. I mean, this is a challenging study. 
And they accepted everything the Bible said. It was incredible. I mean, you know, even if it disagreed with their doctrine, they, and I remember one time Jackie said, now Sheila, that's what the Bible says. She says, I know. When we ended the study, I, I said, guys, I said, man, I've enjoyed this. How about you? They said, yeah, we have, Rob. It's answering a lot of our questions. You know, I said, can I come back for the third study? I was so excited. I was telling the church, one of the things that I, I think we need to do as a church is talk about evangelism from the pulpit. When's the last time we prayed about evangelism? Not about India, but I mean, we prayed about our neighbor. We don't do that very often. When's the last time we talked about a Bible study going on? I did that all the time from the pulpit. I'm talking about Bible studies. I'm talking about people who are studying. Well, I couldn't name Jackie and Sheila like I normally would. So I said, I've got this couple I'm studying with. Would you just pray about them? Because God knows them. And I'll tell my family about it. I said, Jared, Hannah, Nicole, we've got to pray about this couple because if they obey the gospel, it's going to shake and rock our community. I didn't know a lot about missionary Baptists. I, just, I, didn't. I figured they were just like every other Baptist, but they're not. They're very different. So I called, I, I called Chris. I said, Chris, I need Scarlett's number. He gave it to me. And I, I called Scarlett and I, I said, Scarlett, this is Rob Whitaker. Rob, Rob, she, she, do you think they're going to become Christians? I mean, she was ecstatic. She says, Mom calls me every time after this study. She is so excited. And, and, and I, I'm trying to help you. Know, I try not to say too much, but I mean, she's she said, do you think they're going to obey? I said, she, uh, I don't know, uh, Scarlett. I said, but man, you can really help me. Because I need to know about them. I need to know what you... Scarlett, I need to know why you became Christian. And she told me two things I'll never forget. I'm going to share one of them with you. You'd have to have me back for me to share the other one. So I'll give you, maybe I, I can get back in here. But here, She said, Rob, you know, she said, um, she said, my mother told me, she said, you know, if you do this, Scarlett, they'll have to excommunicate you. And I said, excommunicate? She said, yeah. She said, so I, so I became a Christian and then the board of deacons came. And then they came over to the house. She said, Rob, I was, so, I, was, I was so ready for this. She said, I had my Bible. My goal was to convert and, and my parents. So I was going to defend my faith. She said, I knew I was not afraid. She said, they came down in my bedroom. They sat around the living room. She said, I had my Bible ready. Rob, they didn't even bring their Bibles. I said, what did they do? She said, they brought out a notebook, read me some type of, of, of formal declaration of withdrawing or excommunication. And she said they, they erased my name off the roster, had prayer, and they left. I said, Scarlett, did he even try to get you back? She said, no. My mom and dad were devastated. They couldn't believe they'd been Baptist all their life. They even tried to get me back. I said, wow. And, uh, and, and I said, Scarlett, I appreciate it. We talked for an hour. I mean, she really, she laid it out because I, I needed to know. So I didn't know this, but on the other end of the spectrum, Jackie and Sheila are having a private, you know, husband-wife meeting before we get there. Third lesson. This is the final study. This is how the study, this is how the conversation goes. Jackie says, now Sheila, she says, I'm glad we've done this study because I wanted to know why Scarlett did what she did. And I guess I can understand it. But he says, I'm not changing. He says, you know what, I've been a Baptist, you know, all these years. She, he said, you know, there's just no need for us to be changing. And Sheila says, now Jackie, she says, you know, grandma's a Baptist, mama's a Baptist, aunt something's a Baptist. All my family, I've grown up, I was born a Baptist. Jackie, I'm going to die a Baptist. And he said, I'm glad we got that settled. And then I knocked on the door. Hey, Rob, come on in. I said, you guys ready for that final study? He said, absolutely. We sat down at the table. We opened up the red booklet back to the Bible. And we started. I knew this was going to be challenging. We got through sin. And then we came to faith. We're on board. 
We came to repentance. We're on board. We came to confession. We're on board. Now we come to baptism. We're not on board. I knew in order to, to I knew in order for Jackie and Sheila to get this, I really I mean I had to bring out everything. So I got one I got a workbook I, called Personal Evangelism Workbook. I brought it out and I got this chart and I, I drew I actually drew it out for him. It's called In Christ. It's a circle and you you probably have seen it. You know, you put all the things in Christ, faith, grace, truth, salvation. For instance, take your Bible. Let me let me illustrate this. It's very simple. Go to Second Timothy two verse one. My son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. So grace is in Christ. So if you want grace, you've got to get in Christ. You can't get grace if you're outside of Christ. So it's, it's really simple. Like all spiritual blessings are in Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians 1.3. Truth in Christ. Romans 9.1. You know, salvation in Christ. 2 Timothy 2.10. So, so all these things that you want are in Christ. I said, Jackie and Sheila, how do you get there? We're, we're in the book. I mean, it's easy. I mean, I mean, a third grader, second, I mean, any, the youngest of our children can get this. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You get into Christ by baptism. And I, so, so Jackie reached these verses. Now this, it, it doesn't normally work this way. But Jackie was speechless. He, he, wouldn't even, he hardly would look at me. I knew he got it. I mean, I knew it, I knew it nailed him right in the heart. I knew the scripture had convicted him. I said, Jackie, I said, uh, what are you going to do with this? He looked at me straight in the eyes, and here's what he said. He said, he said, Rob, I know exactly what I've got to do. He says, I'm going to do it. And praise God. I knew what he was saying. He, I knew, in fact, Sheila knew what he was saying. And she looked over at her husband and she, get, she hit him in the gut. She said, Jackie Bergwald, you said we weren't going to do that. And he looked back at his wife. And you know what he said? We have no choice. He got it. I said, let's go. I said, I mean, we, we've got to go right now, Jackie. I said, I mean, we've got everything ready. He said, Rob, I can't. I said, you can't. So I started thinking about all those verses. You know, today's the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6.2. You know, life is a vapor. James 4.17. Almost out persuaded me. I mean, I went to him all with him. He wouldn't budge. I finally said, I said, Jackie, I said, what are you waiting for? He said, Rob, you, you don't get it. He said, man, I, I hold the bag. The bag? He said, yeah, I'm the treasure. I've got all their money. He said, Rob, I've got to repent. He said, I've got to give it back. He said, I, I've got to resign. He said, we, you don't understand. We've been here all our life. We, we've, got to, we've got to do this right. You know, that bothered me for a long time until I was reading Matthew 7 and Jesus said, bring ye therefore fruits worthy of repentance. You know, for some, repentance doesn't take a lot of time. But you know, for others, it takes longer. They really have to make changes in their life. It's, it's, not, it's not like they're just ready. So what Jackie was saying, listen, Rob, I've got to, I've got to make changes in my life. And now I respect that so much today. And so I went back to the kids. I told them the great, great news. But my biggest fear, Satan is going to snatch them back. That's my biggest fear. But you know what they told me? I could come by any time I wanted. And I did. Every day. I went to their house every single day. And they had a garden. They said the kids can pick strawberries. And we picked strawberries. Kids picked tomatoes. We picked all the tomatoes. We picked everything from the garden. And we, we went back every day. And we sat there in that swing. And I would look at Jackie. I said, Jackie, is today the day? He said, it's coming, Rob. It was Wednesday night. I was sitting in the back of the auditorium. We had a fan-shaped auditorium. I was sitting right in the middle in the back. I was talking to one of the sisters. Her name's Jill. I, I'll never forget what happened. 
Jackie and Sheila walked in the church building. People were speechless. Jill looked over at me. She said, Rob, is that, is that them? Rob, Rob, that's Jackie and Sheila Birdwell. Is, is that them? I said, it is. She said, I can't believe it. That's our problem. We, we don't believe. See, we don't believe this works in this country. We, we, we know it works with our kids. It may work in a benevolent case from time to time, but it really doesn't work with people like Jackie and Sheila. I mean, our country's gone. Personal evangelism? Are you kidding me? Are you, is that what you're really suggesting? You know that doesn't work. Oh, but it does. I remember when the invitation was offered and Jackie stepped out of the aisle. Sheila... They tried to walk forward, but they couldn't because it was blocked. And I remember they had to walk to the other side and they, they, they sat down. When they were baptized, there wasn't a dry eye in that church. Friends, that changed the will at Church of Christ. That changed my family. Because I knew we had found something. We, 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 I, I knew there were some things that, that, that occurred during that Bible study that we could duplicate. And I wanted to tell everybody about it. And in fact, I went forward from that and I just started having Bible studies after Bible studies and that little church of 220, we just started adding up. People, I mean, no one moves to Willette. They're either converted or the church dies. That's Jackie six months later. He's doing a Wednesday night invitation in the Lord's church. That's our son Evan. Let me tell you about Evan real quick and, and uh, I don't know how much time I have. I've got a bunch of these to tell you about. But, but uh, here, Evan, Evan was their son. He would, he would walk, he would walk he just walked past, you know, every now and then the, the table. He stopped. And Amy, I didn't know who Amy, I think it's her, it was his girlfriend at the time. Didn't really know her. But they stopped and listened. And then they'd move on. And sometimes we'd converse. And Evan found out that I was a pilot and I liked to fly. And he always had questions about the airplane and flying. And I, he was interested. So I, I always take time and we talk. I was really wanting Evan and Amy to sit down so I could stop the Bible study. But they wouldn't. So I went up to Jackie and said, Jackie, we've got to study with Evan. And he said, now, Rob, Evan doesn't work like that. And I said, well, of course he does. Everybody works the same way. I said, we have a personal Bible. And that, Rob, it won't work. And, and Sheila heard the discussion. She looked up, Jackie, you know it works. Rob, go have a personal Bible study with Evan. That was her, you know, Rob, Rob go do that. I said, I'll tell you what, Sheila. Jackie, why don't you do a reverse Bible study? He said, reverse? I said, yeah, just tell him why you became a Christian. He'll, you'll, you'll teach him by your example. He said, no, Rob, it won't. Sheila said, yes, it will, Jackie. It'll work. And, um, well, well, we just couldn't come to agreement. And I said, well, can I teach him? He said, sure. So I went up to Evan. and I said, Evan, you know, your parents have made some big changes in their life. So, and your sister, Scarlett? I said, how about I sit down and explain to you kind of what's going on? He said, don't want you to explain it. <laughs> I said, well... I said, well, that didn't work very well. I said, I, I tried plan B. I said, Evan, I, I tell you what, um, you, you, you really like uh, the airplane? He said, love it. I said, how about I take you for a flight? So I'll take you around and wherever you want to go. And uh, he said, you do that for me? I said, man, absolutely. So we got in the airplane. We flew around. I mean, he, I even let him fly a little bit. I mean, we're having a great time. And I, I, we fly back and we get down. And then, then I do this. Evan, how would you like a free, free lunch on me? You pay for my lunch too? I said, absolutely. Let's go out. I mean, so I said, pick the restaurant. You go so we go out and eat and we're sitting there. I said, now this, I said, Evan, I said, would you give me just a few minutes to talk to you about Jesus? He said, don't want to talk about Jesus. And I, I mean, you know, of all times, you think, you know, you think, you know, after all that, he would, he would do it. And, and, but he wouldn't. 
So, I mean, I was, I was you know, I was, maybe Jackie's right. Evan doesn't work that way. But so, so I, I go to Bible camp and I get this, uh, I get this phone call. And it's uh, and this, this young lady on the other side of the phone. And she said, hey, she said, Rob, she says, um, somebody give me this book, A Muscle and a Shovel. I read it. I think I'm going to hell and I want to do a Bible study. I said, wow. I, mean, I, got my, I said, who is this? It's Amy. And I said, man, Amy, I said, this is great. I said, I said I'll tell you what, we'll do that. We'll, we'll, we'll go do this Bible study together. She said, I used to have one condition. I said, you name it. She's got to study with Evan, too. I said, I said Amy, Evan, don't want to do a Bible study. She says, I know, but that's your problem. <laughs> so, so, so I get back, to the, I get back to the, from camp, and I'm thinking, well, how are we going to? I said, Sheila. I said, Sheila? I said, uh, why don't you fix one of those dinners you do after Sunday supper? Invite Evan and Amy, because invite us to come, too. And uh, I said, we're going to do a Bible study. Scarlett even came in. She, was so, she, she drove all the way from Free Harbor up to Willette just to see this. And so, so we're all there sitting together, and, and we finished the dinner. And, um, and so I get the back of the Bibles. I, I pass them out, you know. And, and we're, just, we're kind of sitting there. And um, I said, this is, but it's going to work. Evan looks at that, and he, he, says, <laughs> he gets up from the table. He walks out of the house, gets in his Mustang, starts it up. And I can hear him pull away. Sheila is devastated. She's frantic. I mean, Amy's about to cry. Jackie's over there in his easy chair with his new pa- newspaper. He's reading it. He looks over at me and says, I told y'all that wouldn't work. And I said, Amy, we've got to start the Bible study. And we did. Five minutes later, I hear that Mustang come back. He opens the door and he comes to the table. Scarlett is so excited, his sister. She said, now Evan, you'll need this Bible. He pushes the Bible away. He said, I don't want that book. I don't need that book. And, and, and Amy says, no, you need this little back to the Bible book. He says, I don't want that booklet. I just want to listen. And he did. And we ended the study. He was answering questions. It was amazing. I thought I knew what it might be. So when they left, I looked at Scarlett. I said, Scarlett, you have done more for your family than they can ever repay. I said, you need to go home. I said, your brother doesn't want to do this in front of you. Or, or you either, Sheila. I said, we've got to get him in our home. And that's what we did. We got him in our home. We did study two. We did study three. Baptized him. This is, this is Ed Goolsby. He lived across the street. And, and uh, when, I, when I moved to Willette, I was told, uh, I, I, mean, I've got, I know my time's dwindling, but I've got to tell you about Ed. This is, this, I mean, this, this is somebody people told me would never obey the gospel. And I love it when somebody said, that's a challenge. They'll never obey the gospel. You know what it tells me? No one's ever tried. Or they did, it was 50 years ago. We have a dog, her name's Rue. And uh, Rue is a uh, um, not easily trained, strong-willed child, strong-willed dog. And uh, so I don't have time to train the dog. So I buy this invisible fence. It says, uh, I'm going to hook it, collar up, you know, and keep your close. I didn't read the instructions before I bought it. It says it takes two weeks to train dog. I don't have two weeks. I got two minutes. I turned the thing up to maximum power. I said, she'll learn. She saw a deer you know, jump, jump out the back of the house. She runs out. She hits the perimeter, and I mean, it lays her out. I mean, she is just, you know, she's just, and the kids, Daddy, Daddy, the dog. I said, don't touch the dog. And, you know, it's, it's not good to touch things or you're getting electrocuted. And uh, so the dog pops up, and she runs across the street to our neighbor's house, Ed Goolsby. I was told not to bother Ed. She's yelping. I go across the street. I said, oh, I've got a knock on his door. I, uh, yes? I said, uh, this is, uh, my name's Rob. I know who you are. And I said, uh, sir, um, may I get my, did you shoot your dog? And I said, no, sir, I did not shoot my dog. But if you'll let me get under your house and get her, go get your dog. So I, I grabbed the dog, pull her out. And I said, man, what a great evangelistic opportunity this is. Great first ever. 
I went over, I said, hey, Ed, my name, I'm the new priest. I know who you are, and if I need you, I'll let you know. And he slammed the door. Well, that didn't work very well. I never give up on people. I don't care what they do to me. I will not give up. We just converted James uh, York and Glinda. James works at the volunteer fire department. I said, James, we're going to go hand out house to house this month. We're not going to mail it. We're going to hand it out. We take a route. We just hand it out. I said, hand it out to Ed Goolsby for me. So he goes and I'm somewhere else. He calls me up and says, Rob, I just handed Ed Goolsby house to house. He wants to talk to you right now. I said, oh, no. So I come back to the church building. I walk into this little office where Ed's at. His head's on the table and he's crying. I said, Ed, what's wrong? He said, Rob, he said, uh, I've got cancer. He said, would you do that Bible study with me? I said, we'll do it right now. And we baptized him. I can show you family after family. And I wish I had time tonight to talk about how this works. I mean, we, we, we saw a church go from 220, 250, 290, 300, 310, and they weren't moving in. We just started doing Bible studies with people. Personal evangelism works, brothers and sisters. Might I offer the invitation? Okay. I've got one more story I want to tell you, and I think it's after this slide, and I'll tell you it during the invitation, because it works. And I hope this will motivate you. I hope it will wake us up. I hope you'll get involved, because uh, there are things out there that you can be doing right now to help the church grow again. Thank you for your time and attention.